Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Let's get in the Word, shall we? Worship team, thank you so much. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis. You don't want to miss tonight. going to be powerful. Andersons will be here ministering the word. As you're turning to Genesis chapter 11, that's where we'll start. I'm not sure exactly all the places we'll go. I've had an amazing, amazing uh, past 10 hours or so, um, probably a little bit more than that. Uh, God just beginning to download and speak to me some different things. I come bearing a prophetic word for you, me, for us. And it's found in the book of Malachi. So you can turn there first. Hold your, hold your spot there. We'll get to Genesis 11. Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. So it's right before Matthew. If you're Italian, it could be pronounced Malachi. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. These are the last verses of the Old Testament. And there would be 400 years of silence before John the Baptist would come, who was actually prophesied in the book of Malachi as the one carrying the spirit of Elijah. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5, Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. It's great for those who know him, dreadful for those who don't. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. The Lord spoke to me and said, His hand is moving all over the earth, touching sons, touching daughters, and touching fathers. Now, fathers, it's not just fathers, it's touching parents. And he's causing their hearts supernaturally to turn towards their children. And supernaturally, the children's hearts are turning towards parents. For the enemy has worked extra overtime to bring strife, to bring wounding, to bring offense. Families in the U.S. have been blown to pieces. In Western culture, families have been destroyed. There's so many that are fatherless homes, motherless homes. But God is coming to bring a restoration. The spirit of Elijah will do that. God is anointing his people and bringing a mighty restoration. Can you say amen? Amen. And so if you are believing for your son or your daughter or you're believing for your parents and your relationship, everyone here is a son or daughter. Maybe you have a son or daughter. Everyone here is a son or daughter. If you're believing for restoration with your children or restoration with you and your parents or grandchildren or any combination of that, I want you to stand right where you are. Restoration. They're lost. Maybe it's not the greatest relationship. You need healing. I prophesy to you. Anybody else? I prophesy and decree and declare over this company of people And all those that will listen at a later date, those that are online, a mighty restoration. For the Holy Spirit is coming and working on the hearts. And he's lifting off the heart of stone and he's going to put in the heart of flesh. And he's cutting off influences that are hindering the healing power of the kingdom in their lives and in your life. I will bring restoration to you. Even by Christmas, you'll see the hearts turn. Your heart is turning today. Their heart is turning today. And you will see the results with your eyes, says the Lord. Put your hands together for God and say amen. Come on, give a better amen. Come on, give a better amen. Stand up on your feet, take your Bibles all across this place, turn to the book of Genesis, pardon me, chapter 11. Just making sure you're paying attention. Genesis 11. 
verse 31. I've entitled this, God is Calling Fathers. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife. And they went out from Ur of the Chaldeans to a land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran, chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will bless you. Pardon me. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all of their possessions they had gathered, and the people who were with them, they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Sachem, as far as the tabernacle tree of Moran. And the Canaanites were in the land. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you praise in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I've had a lot of examples of what it is to be a, a great father. I endeavoring to follow those. Lots of examples in Scripture. Prayerfully, I've chosen Abram, later to be called Abraham, father of many. It was a hard thing for Abraham to be called the father of many when he had no children of his own. Abram. Abram is spoken of by Jesus in John 8 and 39, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the things Abraham did. What did Abraham do? He believed God, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. He's called the father of faith by Paul in Romans 4.16. He was a man of faith in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9. And the very incident that we read here in Abram's life is what is recorded in what I call the hall of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, I'll read it for you, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place at which he would receive an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, verse 9, by faith he dwelt in the land of the promise as a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs of the same promise. The story of Abraham or Abram begins with his father, if you study this out, who set out of Ur, the Chaldeans, to go to Canaan's land, but they settled in a place called Haran. Abram's father, his name is Terah. Does anybody know what that means? It means delay. That's what his father's name means. And the place of Haran means dryness or even desert. And so his father was called also, I believe, but didn't go all the way, they settled. You know, you can be called by God and settle and not move forward into all that God has for you. Wouldn't the enemy love to do that? Get you to respond to an altar call. Receive Jesus. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Get on fire for God, but then settle in a good place instead of the God place. And God calls you, calls me, calls us to go all the way into everything that he has for us. And there are many things that will try to derail you. God speaks to Abram and says, get out of your country. Leave your country. Leave your father's house. Leave your people. Kind of amazing. If you're going to fulfill what God's called you to, you're going to have to leave some people behind. Not everybody can walk with you. Not everybody you should yoke with. God has a plan for you, and if you get connected with people that, are, that can't go with you into the promised land, and you want to, you stay connected. Listen, sometimes you need to break ties. 
You say, well, how do you do that? You do it lovingly. You serve God with your hair on fire, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. The Lord will just naturally take care of it. I, I in my own life and with my wife, my family, as we've been serving God, at every juncture of the vision as we move forward in this progressive apostolic vision, as we move forward, there's always somebody that says, well, you shouldn't build that building. Well, I'm like, you're going to have to talk to God about that because we're building it. Well, I, I don't think you should. Well, perhaps not. And they just can't do that. And they'll, they'll, they'll go to another church or they'll move on. That's okay. Every church needs to follow the command given by the chief commander, needs to obey the vision that God has given. It's, come on, it's not this hodgepodge of melted Christianity. That's not how it is. Every local church has to have a vision. Without vision, my people perish. And universally, we are the body of Christ. In your life, when God calls you to do something, frequently you'll have family members that say, well, I don't think you should do that. Terra means delay. Haran, a place of dryness. They say, scholars, if you study this out, that Abram probably stayed there for about five years. Now, we don't know for sure, but he was certainly delayed. And then when his father passed at 205 years, that's old. That he'd have won the Father's Day Award this morning. When he died, he, Abram obeyed. Leave your country, your people, your father's household. Listen, you're going to have to leave shame behind. You've got to leave fear behind. You've got to leave some people behind sometimes. We love people, but Isaiah said, come out from among them and be separate. You can't walk with everybody because not everybody can be in agreement with what God called you to do. What I love about Abram as an example of a godly father, the father of faith, was he came from a long line of idol makers. I don't know what long line you came from, but if it's idol makers, you fit right in. And from his lineage would come Jesus, Abram. Abram. Many times people go through challenges because they're yoked with someone they shouldn't be yoked with, like those fishermen. They were idol worshipers also in the book of Jonah. Jonah running from the Lord, got on a boat, was asleep under the deck, and because of Jonah's disobedience, a, a great torrent, great Storms came upon that vessel and causing it to sink almost. And Jonah said, no, it's my fault. I've disobeyed the Lord. And they still tried to hold on while Jonah was on board. They didn't want to kick him over. But the day, the moment they kicked him over, oh, there's peace across the sea. Some of you need to kick Jonah's off your boat. You need to get him out of your life because well, that's not very nice. It's not a popularity contest. Listen, serve God. If people don't yoke up and connect with you, you love them lovingly, put a boundary so they can't. Come on, there's some people that are anointed to suck the marrow right out of your bones. And as long as you stay connected with them, you'll be delayed. It could even be family members. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, he's not talking to me. Is he talking to you? Go ahead, ask him. Leave your country, leave your, it's talking about leave everything and go out with me. Go to the place where I'll show you. Now, that's quite a thing. I can't help but think about the Andersons. They, they, they let go of a tremendous position, revival, really, at the church they were at with the youth. In a church there of, uh, I want to say, fifteen to 2,000 people, 300 of them were youth. God pouring out His Spirit. And in the midst of that, God calls them to Northern California. So they leave everything to go to, we're not, it's 100. We got the state. We know what state it is. And we know what part of the state. That's all. Listen, so many people want like A, B, C, D, E, and F. You don't even, you don't even get that until you do A and B. Just go to where, where is that? I'm going to show you. Can you show me now? Just get going. I'd like to know where I'm going. Leave your father, leave your mother, leave, go. He gets going and then God appears to him if you look at the text. So many people want an outpouring, but they're not willing to go. He gets a sevenfold promise, and uh, frequently I give you notes on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights. We just sort of flow in the Holy Ghost. Wednesday, same thing. I've given no notes to you, 
so I can do whatever I want and not have those that are OCD freak out about empty, empty blanks. Sevenfold promises, this is worth writing down. Sevenfold promise to you if you will leave and go. Number one, I'll make you a great nation. This uh, nation, the word nation, is the word goy in Hebrew. It's Strong's 1471, and to understand that word uh, in the Hebrew, it's a, a specific nation. In fact, uh, the, the text says, I'll make you a goy among the goyim, a nation among the nations. Do you know what the Lord's talking about there? He's talking about Israel. Because from the loins of Abram, soon to be Abraham, would come the 12 tribes of Israel. So when the Lord says to him, go, leave your father, leave your mother, leave your, leave your, your country, your household, your people, to a place that I will show you, he then is visited by the Lord and this sevenfold promise comes. And I will tell you the same is true for you. If you will leave your fear, leave your sin, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, Abraham, the father of faith, all who have faith in Christ, he is our father, if you can think of it that way. God will do the very things that he did for Abram, Abraham, will do for you if you'll leave and go and trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him. He'll make your paths straight. God will make you a nation. God will make you a special, peculiar people called out of darkness into the kingdom of light. A goy among the goyim. Israel is today the very place that God called them. The very place that Israel is, is the place that God called them and told them he could have. Israel, the nation of Israel, is the center of the earth. It's kind of amazing. Everything is going down. I mean, I, I was talking to a young man who was telling me, how do I know that God's word is God's word? And I began to point out some things, and you can get very technical. The truth is most people don't really want to know if it's God's word or not. Because if it is God's word, then you're going to have to obey it. So it's easy to think of it as something some man wrote. And, you know, it's, well, there's many different translations, and we don't really. It is the most accurate historical book that we have in all of history. It was a number one bestseller when it first came out. It was the first book ever printed on Gutenberg's printing press. It is still number one. The New York Times doesn't list it, along with other things that they do. The Word of God. God's Word. It's mathematically impossible to fulfill all the different prophetic promises that come about in God's word in the natural. There's just no way that man wrote a book that condemns himself over and over and over. It says in, in the Psalms that as the mountains surround Jerusalem and Israel, so I will surround my people both now and forevermore. They can make all kinds of plans of attacks and nuclear attacks and Iran and all those haters out there, I'm just going to tell you that Israel will exist far beyond everybody else. Why is that? Because God's word says it, and the devil works very hard to try to wipe out Israel because if he could do it, if he could do it, then he would have proven that God doesn't exist because this covenant here is for a time and eternity. I'll make you a goy among the goyim. I'll make you a goyim. I'll make you a nation. The second thing you see in the sevenfold blessing of those who will leave and cleave to him, if you can think of it that way, would leave and go, is I will bless you. Everybody say, he's going to bless me. Bless you. You'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going in, blessed going out. All the Deuteronomy 28 blessings, you'll be blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. Speak that over your life. I, I've endeavored to try to get it in your spirit that you would wake up and say, I'm blessed and I will multiply. Speak blessing over your home, blessing over your family, blessing over your marriage, blessing over your kids. Blessed in the city, yes. Blessed, say it. I'm blessed. Blessed, I'm, I'm blessed. And I will make your name great. And this to me is all fascinating because in Genesis 11 and Again, the first 11 chapters of Genesis are the foundation for all of life. So if you don't understand the truths made plain out of the first 11 chapters of Genesis, you will be incomplete in your walk even with the Lord. I don't mean in salvation. You can be saved without it. But you need to understand the only way to be saved is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he died on a, on a cross and rose again from the grave for you. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if you want to have a full life, 
It's going to require you resourcing yourself and understanding God's word. And the first 11 chapters of Genesis are so packed with foundational revelation. And I've preached on it two times in the past 13 years. All of those messages are available on the website. And Genesis 11, they build the Tower of Babel. Do you know about the Tower of Babel? So they built this Tower of Babel, and it says in the text that they wanted to make a name for themselves. A name for themselves. Interesting. A name for themselves. And so now God saw their efforts united as one man and said if they could do this great thing as one man, let us go and confuse their language. And so language has been confused, and now Abraham is on the scene And what does the Lord say to him? I will make your name great. If you will serve God, if you will leave behind the naysayers and the backbiters and the strife and serve God with all your heart and go go out, go into all the world and preach the gospel, God will bless you. He'll make you a great nation. Thirdly, he will make your name great. Now, I don't know Perry Stone all that well. I've met him before, talked with him over a cup of coffee in a green room in Maui about 20 years ago. I'll be seeing him a little bit later this week, and then he'll be with us on Friday. His name has been made great in many ways. How's that? Well, through media and so on and so forth, he's, he's a man who's got a healthy marriage. As far as I know, as far as it seems, his name has been elevated so that people know about Perry Stone. How is that? I believe it's because he served the Lord. Now, all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but I'm telling you, if you will serve God, he will make your name great. What does that mean? So that when you hear Wigglesworth, what do you think about? You think about Smith. Smith Wigglesworth, maybe. When you hear Shuttlesworth, what do you think about? Some fiery, wiry thin guy who just brought the word like a hammer, right? And the miracle. Maybe you got healed in those meetings. Listen, when you serve God, when you leave behind your past, some of you need to let go of some stuff. You'll never move in. Listen to me. You will never move in to all that God has for you if you don't let go of your past. The man brought daily to the gate called Beautiful who is blind called out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him, they hushed him, they told him to shut up. But he cried out all the more. And when Jesus stopped and he called him, he left the garment there and came to Jesus. You go look at that. It's a beggar's garment. He left his identity with the fact that he was a beggar, that he was blind. And he said, man, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm coming to the Son of David. I'm coming to the Messiah. And he left everything. Some of you have given your hearts to God, but you keep ties with your old life. You keep connected with people who don't appreciate your new walk with God. Don't appreciate the word. Don't appreciate tithing. Don't appreciate giving. And you're yoked with some people like a Jonah. They will oftentimes take you down and you'll wonder where God is. I'm going to tell you God is for you. He's not against you. But you have to separate yourself from those who don't appreciate. Come on, you don't cast your pearl before swine. It's not that we don't love them. We love them. But at the same time, You've got to walk closely with the Lord. How can two of you agree, walk together unless you be in agreement? You have to have agreement. And if you'll walk that way, God will make your name great. Well, what does that mean? It means in your area of influence, people will know who you are because of the way that you live, and you'll be connected to prosperity, blessing, healing. I mean, I have people that call me that when they want, they don't come to the church but they know I'll pray with everything I got. When they want somebody to pray, I'll have people that call me that maybe are part of another work and another land say, well, I can call Pastor Daniel. He'll pray for me. And they call him like, I knew you'd pray. And I just, oh, and I turn it loose and I pray. I have a reputation for that, small as it might be. I actually, I, I was at some church. I mean, this is just crazy. I had some church. I mean, you don't want to get a fat head about it because God will humble you in a second flat. That's never fun, but it's good for you. I'm preaching some churchmen, and God touched people. I went, I went back the next year, and this prophetic word over uh, it was a baby. Somebody was going to have a baby. They're holding the baby. 
And they're crying, this is the baby you prophesied. I'm like, wow. And then this other person was healed, and somebody other comes, and they get touched. And then I have this person, can you give me your autograph? I'm like, <laughs> what? You want my... God will make your name great, but don't, don't, don't get confused. It's about not you being great. It's about the greater one on the inside of you. And whenever you get elevated, you be sure to give him all the praise because he can, come on, he can fix your wagon anytime. But as part of the promise, sevenfold promise to Abraham, Abram, Israel, and it's a promise for you. If you will leave and go, he'll make you a great nation. He will bless you. Number three, he'll make your name great. Number four, you will be a, a blessing. You'll be a blessing. Think of yourself like that. You'll be a blessing. You'll help others. The fifth thing is I will bless those who bless you. I probably should have had some of these statistics. How many of you like statistics? But I'll just generally give them. You can look at the history of our country in the past 70 years and track when we would make decisions politically against Israel and how that would release judgment, seeming judgment in our nation every time we did it. And over and over. And then we would make decisions to bless them and America would be blessed. Back and forth and back and forth. And I will tell you that the moving of our uh, embassy, thank you, to, to Jerusalem, was something they talked about but never did it. And then finally on the 70th anniversary of Israel becoming a nation, we did that. And I will tell you, part of the blessing that's being released in America, and we have a long way to go, but part of the blessing being released in America is absolutely connected to that. We have a president that's pro-Israel. And no matter what you think about him, any president that's pro-Israel, is that's smart. Why? Because it's right here. I will bless those who bless you. This is a promise towards the goy, the nation that came from the loins of Abraham. Are you following? A goy among the goyim, a nation among the nations. It's about Israel, but it's about us too as we're grafted in through Jesus, the Messiah. Can you say amen this morning? I will curse whoever curses you. I could tell you some stories of things that have happened even in this house. Some of you might put two and two together, and I certainly wouldn't want to bring any disgrace to those who were disgraced. You never want, did you catch that? You didn't catch that? You don't ever want to speak against any church. You don't want to speak against any Christian. Listen, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. You want to zip it and trust God, pray for them, for the grace of God go I. Don't start throwing rocks. Because if, if, if right now the Lord is to put the deep, ugly thoughts in your heart up on a screen. Oh, forget it. I'm going over here. The holy one's over that way. I'm going over here. Do you all understand what I'm saying? You do not want to, you don't want to speak curses against anybody, against any church. I love the body of Christ. Is it dead in places? Absolutely. But God, come on, you and I were dead. He brought life to us. And I don't know what measure of of anointing and grace is on us. I'm just grateful to be saved, to be filled with the Spirit and seeing God's kingdom being expanded and power and authority being released. It's crazy that he will curse those who curse him. If you study Roman, ancient Roman history, you, you see these emperors that would persecute the church. Churches greatly persecuted from Nero on for about 250 years. And the ones that caused the most damage, because of the vastness of the kingdom, there wasn't persecution in certain areas. But then, at, depending upon the emperor, there was great persecution. So for about 250 years. The emperors that caused the most amount of persecution for the church did not live past three and a half years. Say, so why is that? Because God just took them out. You want to be very careful about your words, and then understand this. You live for God. You don't have to worry about somebody talking stink about you. You don't have to worry about people talking nonsense about you and saying things about you. You just let God fix that wagon. You pray for them. We've had people come against the church and do all kinds of craziness and try to undermine and try to split. And in every case, they've ended up in the hospital or through some horrible thing. 
I'm talking about bleeding out. Doctors don't know what's going on. Horrible car crashes and stuff. Listen, if you come out from under the protective covering of God, you're in some serious kimchi, which is a Korean food. It's really spicy and hot. I will curse those who curse you. That's heavy. Lord, we just bless Israel right now. That's a good idea. Lord, we bless, we bless Israel right now. Come on. We bless Israel right now. We bless the church of the living God as well. We thank you. We bless our neighbors. Come on, speak blessing. Should we call down fire? That's great faith. And then Jesus says, because that's kind of cool to think that you could call down fire on somebody. Jesus, you don't know what spirit we're of. Come on, look, we, we, we speak blessing. Jesus' name. This is part of the promises. The seventh one is that through all, all the earth will be blessed through you. I think about the Moroccos and our lineage of faith and how my family is walking in the blessing of God because of the Moroccos. And I think about those who've come even over the past week to be so kind and gracious to thank us for pastoring. And You know, a, a mighty oak tree is just a nut that hang on, hung on. You know that, right? I said a mighty oak tree is just a nut that hung on. You'll just hang on. You live for God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength that God will use you to be a blessing to many, many thousands of people. Abraham was 75 years old, which is hope for all of you that just got serving God. I think most people are under 75. But even if you're 75 or over, it's a good time to start serving God. Caleb was uh, 80 plus. Come on, Moses was 80 when, into, when, when he went into full-time ministry, right? Wh whatever age you are, it's a good time to serve him. Amen. All right, God's speaking to us four things. Worship team, would you come, please? We need to heed God's call in our life. God is calling us to leave the world and serve him with all our heart. Now, when he says leave the world, Paul says, I don't mean leave the earth. You, you, you come out from among them. You come out from being worldly. Come out from being somebody who has a mixture. Says, yeah, I love Jesus. And then you like serve the devil Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday you come to church. I'm talking about loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what you do in the dark is the measure of, of godliness and character that you have. When you can't be caught, that is the level of maturity you have in Christ. I'm glad you're encouraged. I'm going to go back and encourage myself too. Praise God, Pastor. That's awesome. Come on, somebody say amen. God wants you to leave some stuff behind and go in, move forward in your walk with him and he will release all of these blessings. It's, it's truly amazing. So you've got to follow, the, follow God's call on your life. Number one in salvation, if you've not given your heart to Jesus by the end of this service, which is in just a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to turn from your sin. Don't play religious games. Get right with God. Turn from your sin. Give your life to Jesus. Come on, you, 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 you need a Savior. Everyone wants everyone to be saved. It's not just salvation, but it's also in service. Serve him. Find a place to serve the Lord. Service. Living for him. Serving him. You know, I think about Mark Miller is a, a man that led a life group on Maui. Some of you know Mark. He's been in our church for 38 years, I think successful business owner and entrepreneur. Many, many years ago, when I was in my early 20s, I was lost. Can you pray some early 20s lost music? <laughs> Just play anything, it's good. I was lost and uh, my mama, who was in the first service, was a part of the church and I was lost on the West Coast. I mean, I, I was homeless. I had nothing. And they would go to this group called Turning Point, and they would pray. And all those prayer requests, my mama would say, you need to pray for my son. Just pray for my son. My mom did 21-day fast, 40-day fast. And God broke in to my confusion and, and my wallowing, wallowing in the mire, and like a stitch, a stick being snatched from the fire yanked me out sovereignly because of prayer. I 
thank God. Every time I see Mark Miller, when I go back, I bump into him in a church service back there in Maui where this church is planted from over 22 years ago. And he sees me, he just starts crying. We, we see each other and we just start crying and we hold each other and we cry. And we're like, just right, man, God's awesome. Come on, God's awesome. And we just say that to each other and we just go our ways. We're just overwhelmed because, because I know where I would be if it wasn't for him and for others. I, I, and, he, and then it brings hope to him for all the other prayers that he's prayed and people he's believing for. I'm telling you, if you learn to serve God, don't, don't underestimate the power of you serving and praying and living and giving and serving God with everything you have because God will move in power in your family. And he'll make you a blessing. And he'll turn the curse around. And he'll, he'll release his power and his favor over you. Oh, it might be dark today. But this is all temporal. I don't know what you're going through. I'm telling you, God can change it and turn it all around for you right now. Come on, he made the earth in six days, rested on the seventh. He can fix your problem in 30 seconds. Can you say amen? But it first starts in giving your heart to Jesus. Secondly, find a place to serve. Our church is growing at exponential rate. My great concern, I had somebody tell me, hey, pastor, why didn't you go week three? Why didn't you go three weeks with that guy? Because I felt like the Lord said, don't. He said, well, why, why is that? Because our church is already growing exponentially. And so we had all kinds of new people come and great things take place. But the life of the church, somebody said, revival is every, it might be every day. Yeah, in your own heart. You need to allow for the life of the church to roll along with every outpouring. Because if that doesn't happen, you shut down everything that's causing it to grow. And our Tuesday transformations, this week you're having it. It's going to be amazing. We canceled it for two weeks, brought it down here, but we're going back in the third week. Can't tell everybody, you know, we're not changing that. We got life groups. Wednesday night, Holy Ghost night. The life of the church, it's so important. Why? So people can serve and build relationships. Revival is not a six-week thing. And then you, do you know that there's churches in California that, that, that we know of, they are actually don't exist anymore because they had revival for 16 weeks? shut everything down, outpouring signs, wonders, miracles. At the end of 16 weeks, they went back to the normal church service and all the people that were coming no longer came because they returned to their own churches that they were going to. And a church of 2,000 became a church of 400 with a giant building payment and they had to close. Would you call that revival? No. It must be led by the Spirit of God. And the the call of God is to give your heart to Him and then serve. Find some place. That early childhood learning training thing that's coming. Get plugged into that maybe if you don't have a, a record. And you'll pass an FBI background check. <laughs> Plug in worship team. Plug in youth ministry. Plug in. We need help in the cafe. We need help cleaning the building. Serve God at some capacity. Why? Because when you do that, a corresponding unction of God will come on you. What we call that an anointing. That anointing, that God enablement, a supernatural ability to serve Him in whatever capacity then stays on you when you're at home and when you're on the job. And you'll find your walk with Jesus just exploding. If you don't learn to serve Him and you don't build relationships, it won't be long before you just drop out of the life of the church. Can you say amen? Obedience brings blessing. I'm almost done. Obedience brings blessing. And then lastly, faith can only be sustained by our receiving ongoing revelation from the Lord and by building an altar if I could use that terminology. Abraham, whenever he was afraid, he built an altar. When he celebrated, he built an altar everywhere he went for 20-something years, living in the wilderness, in the desert, waiting for the promise of Isaac, built an altar. You need to build an altar. Now, let me define that because about four years ago, we had a young man who gave his heart to Jesus. I talked about that, didn't define it. And at the end, he had given his heart to the Lord, brand-new Christian, 
He says, Pastor, I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I'm like, I know. Praise God. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, amen. He's like, I'm ready to build my altar now. And he gets his phone out, and he's like, so what do I make it out of? And I'm like, what do you mean? The altar. What do I make? Do, what kind of wood do I get? Do I need fruit? Do I, do I need a cross? I'm like, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, wait a second. <laughs> no golden calf. What do I mean by saying make an altar? Your heart, listen, the altars are the place where the sinfulness of man meets the holiness of God. Jesus, his death, his resurrection, your sin and mine was placed upon the altar, the cross, Jesus. His blood shed, sprinkled on the mercy seat of heaven. So when I say make an altar, make a place where you come before him with all your heart. Your heart is the altar of the Lord. You come before him and you pray and you spend time with God. Read the word. Talk with him. Walk with him. Worship him. Obey him. Every time you're struggling or confused, come back to God. Come back to the word. We're all supposed to be a living, walking. You An altar is any place you want. Any place you make it. Come on, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's, he's within us. Make a lifestyle of prayer and living for the Lord, serving Him, being filled with joy. God is seeking fathers like them. He's seeking fathers like Abraham. Can you say amen? Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for your presence. I'm going to just flow a little bit in the Holy Ghost. You can put your hands down or leave them up if you want to. The Lord says, my daughter, I've, I've heard your cry. I've heard your intercession. And there was injustice that came your way. But the Lord says, I am the, I'm the God of justice. Righteousness and truth are the foundations of my throne. And I see a vision, even of the Lord, pointing his scepter towards you and your situation. I'm going to turn things around. I'm going to deal swiftly and release my blessing upon your life. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due time you'll receive a harvest. Be strengthened today. Sorrow and grief are not your portion. Strength, anointing. I command every fiery dart of the enemy to be extinguished now in the name of Jesus. I break the hold that would try to come to bring harm, confusion, and discouragement. And I speak life to you. I speak life to you. Hallelujah. Come on, just pray in the spirit if you have that freedom. thank you. We thank you. You're turning it all around. You're turning it all around, God. You're turning it all around. Restoration. Restoration in your family. I prophesy restoration over you. Joel 2, 25, all the years the locusts have taken, I'll restore. The wasted years. The lost years. So God's touching you. He's touching your heart. Touching your physical body. It's like a low-grade fear physically over you. Would you stand? Is that okay? Lift your hands to heaven. Close your eyes, and as you do, God's power comes on you. There was an assignment of like overbearing sorrow that tried to take you. The residue of that still lingers. And I speak life over you. And I break the hold of sorrow and grief. Now, even into your heart, even even into your physical body, in the name of Jesus. Release your healing power. Right now. Right now. 
be healed. In Jesus' name. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Come on, well, you can do a little bit better than that. Come on, someone say, I'm blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. Say, I'll multiply. Stand up on your feet all across this place. Lift your hands to the heavens. God, we thank you for your word, for what you've done on this Father's Day. I, I have to, I've been interrupted by the Lord to tell you something I said to him. And he just whispered to my heart to, to tell you. My dad is a great man in many ways. A man of God, he was not. God-fearing he was, but he was not someone that followed the Lord in a way that, that, that we understand. And I know that he did the best that he could, and he's a great father in many ways. When I came to Christ, I needed a lot of healing. A lot of healing. And I think it was actually on a Father's Day where I was being so touched in the broken places of my life as a father and as a son. My life was in shambles before I met Karen. And weeping, I, I said, oh, Father, would you father me? Would you, would you father me? And I just heard him say, oh, yes. And he made all the difference in all the lacking areas. Came right alongside with the rod, the rod of correction, and with the staff. And he led me through his word, and he brought men of God to come alongside me to encourage me. I was hopelessly lost when I got saved. Destroyed life, wasted life wasted years and he came and he came alongside as I received him I'd been living for the Lord but I asked him would you would you be my father would you would you be my dad would you would you father me he said yes I I will he's been doing it ever since and at every juncture and every place in my life where I lack the wisdom, the strength. I just come to that place, that altar, and I say, oh, God, what do you, what do you want me to do? What, what do you want me to do, Dad? Dad, Abba, Abba, Father, what do you want me to do? What's the right thing? Boom, he shows me his word. He speaks to my spirit. He gives me a dream. He leads me. He guides me directly. You're not alone. You are not alone. Well, your earthly fathers, honestly, they, they, they couldn't give us you can't give what you don't have. But your heavenly father, he's got it going on. He's got it all. Let him father you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Or in recommitment because you drifted. You know you're not on fire. You know you drifted in your walk with Jesus. I... I invite you to come home, come back to your first love. If that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, you want to recommit to him all across this place. You say, that's me, Pastor. Would you lift your hand? God bless you all the way in the back. God bless you, sweetheart. God bless you, son. Raise your hand high. You want to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up. Now, we never want to embarrass anybody, but we know this, that Jesus said, if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my Father is in heaven, who's in heaven. If you deny me, I will deny you. If you raised your hand or you didn't, you know you need to be a part of this. Step out from where you are. Slide out. Meet me right here. We're going to all pray together, and then our service will be concluded. Just come right now as the worship team leads us. Come on. Put your hands together for these, won't you? You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Come on. It's who you are. It's Come on. who Just you are. Right. And I'm loved by you. Anybody else? Just come. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. 
room for you. Come. You don't need to be up here. Come right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and to rise again for the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, Come, touch, fill each and every one of these. Break every bondage, every chain, every curse. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Give them these a hunger for the Word, a hunger for the things of God. Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. we got some leaders around you are going to minister to you just right where you are. Would you lead us? You're good. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. Come on, lift your voice. To us. You are perfect in all. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are pray for you. Don't miss tonight, 6 o'clock, Wednesday night at 7. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. Amen. Friday, you want to come early or you won't be able to get a seat. We will have overflow, but I'm telling you, you'll need to come an hour, at least an hour ahead of time. You can't reserve seats before that. If you're a father here, we have glorious donuts for you and a cup of coffee fresh outside the entrances of the church. You feel free to pick up one of those. It's got a coffee card and a fresh donut for you. Let me bless you. Father, thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.